Today, I'm going to talk to you uh, out of the basic training manual that I have written. It's called A Firm Foundation uh, for Life in the Body of Christ. Uh, this is actually the fourth video that goes along with this manual, and I'm just going to slowly take you through this manual. If you want a copy of this manual, if you will go on the website uh, and uh, email me, bradsmall at embarkmen.com, I will mail you a manual for you to go through. But it's basically a manual to give you the basics of how to grow up in your faith in Christ. And we've talked about faith and the definition of faith. Uh, we've, we've talked about developing an intimate walk with God. And now for the next three videos, this one and, and uh, two more, I want to talk to you about the second chapter called Developing the Character of Christ. Now let me tell you how uh, I got to that phrase, developing the character of Christ, and why I wrote the second chapter. Way back a long time ago, uh, in the 80s actually, I was uh, in a church and we were doing an exercise, uh, how do we know someone is spiritually mature? And we were actually talking to a board of a church about this. And the board came up with these list of characteristics of a spiritually mature Christian. And here's what they said. A spiritually mature Christian is someone that goes to church on a Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and they tithe and they're involved in ministry. And I thought that was a really interesting definition of spiritual maturity uh, because I have a friend of mine that says, just because I'm standing in a garage does not make me a car. And it's the same way, just because I go to church, that doesn't make me a spiritually mature Christian. And so I began to ask myself the question way back then, what is a spiritually mature Christian? Because reality is I can have a, 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 a participation in a church and be involved in a small group and give my money, and at the end of the day not be very spiritually mature. Spiritual maturity, I think, and this is my definition of reading, after reading the Bible, I think spiritual maturity is developing the character of Christ. The more I look like Christ, the more spiritually mature I am. The less I look like Christ, the less spiritually mature I am. And so it's not, it's not about church attendance and giving and being involved in a ministry. I know people that are doing those things and they're still cheating on their income tax and they're still getting drunk on Saturday night and they're still having an affair on their spouses. And, and so just because you're going to go to church doesn't make you spiritually mature. It is, it is something happening in your heart where Jesus is changing your heart and developing your character into His character. That's what spiritual maturity is. And that's what we're going to talk about in this video and the next two videos. So let's, let's get started. All I'm going to do today is take you through a very, very important passage of Scripture uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. If you are a Christian and have been a Christian for a while, I'm sure you've heard sermons on this. I've, I'm sure you've heard it quoted. But we're going to walk through it slowly in this video and just ask the questions of what is Paul really talking about here. Okay, so let's get started. Romans 12, 1. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship." Now it's interesting, he uses the word urge here. And, and, and uh, if I was going to define the word urge, I would call it strongly encourage. So Paul's saying here, I really want to strongly encourage you to do something. He says, in view of God's mercy. Now it, to understand Romans 12, 1 and 2, you have to get this. 
in view of God's mercy. In other words, based on the mercy of God expressed through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Everything about our salvation comes from God. God calls us. Jesus died for us. He's the one that forgives our sin. The only thing we're doing in the act of salvation is just receiving and accepting everything that God's doing for us. And salvation comes through what? The sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. And so Jesus has been sacrificed for us. He is our sacrifice. And what Paul is saying is, now in view of the fact that Jesus was willing to be sacrificed for you, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn around and become a sacrifice for Him. Now His sacrifice cost Him His life. Your sacrifice is not going to cost you your physical life, so it's going to be a living sacrifice. But your sacrifice is going to cost you your life. In other words, you're laying your life into the hands of God. You're allowing Jesus to take over the reign of your heart, and your life is you're just living as a sacrifice for Jesus Christ. And that is how you spiritually mature. He said, that's what I'm asking you to do. Now think about a sacrifice. Uh, because that whole phrase is coming out of the Old Testament. What was a sacrifice? Well, they would take a, a lamb or a goat or a ram. They would cut it open. They would kill it. They would fillet it and, and put it on an altar and burn it up before God. And he said, God's not asking you to do that. That's what Jesus did for you, right? He, he would shed His blood for you. But what God's wanting back is not for you to physically die. He just wants you to lay yourself on the altar of God and allow God to transform you, to change your life. So he says, that's what, that's what I want you to do. In view of God's mercy and what Jesus did in salvation, in transformation, what I want you to do is become a living sacrifice. Now, how do we do that? He says it's real simple. You do not conform to the pattern of this world, but you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there's kind of two parts. And what I want you to understand is although we don't have much responsibility in the salvation process, all we do is accept it, when it comes to transformation or changing or developing into spiritual maturity, developing that character of Christ, we do have some responsibilities. And the responsibilities basically are to no longer conform to the pattern of this world and then to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So let's talk about those two. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. I don't want you to think of the phrase this world as being the earth. Okay, The world is actually the system uh, that is put in place around the world and it is a spiritual concept. If you'll remember Ephesians chapter 6, he talks about the principalities and powers of this dark world. He calls Satan the prince of this world. There's two systems. There's God's system, which is the kingdom of God, and there's Satan's system, which is called the world. And he says, you cannot any longer conform to the pattern of this world. So, so you just look at the way the world does business. Uh, politics, economics, uh, the, the, the way people think, the way people act, people's motives, the way the world functions. He says there's a pattern that goes along with that. And what you have to do if you're going to grow up spiritually and become spiritually mature and develop that character of Christ, the first thing you have to do is you have to cut off the pattern of this world. You have to just stop it. You have to say, you know what? I'm going to put that off. I'm going to take it off. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. 
So what does that mean? Not conforming to the pattern of this world. The key word to the pattern of this world is self. Everything in this world is about selfishness. Think about all the sexual sin in the world. What's going on there? It's people saying, I'm selfish and I want to do things my way. Think about all of the corporate greed and uh, all, all of the, the, the sins that go along with uh, financial gain. And, and I'm talking everything from lying to cheating to stealing to fraud to right on down the line. All of that corruption, even at the government level. What's that all about? The core of all that is, is self. I want my way. And so the pattern of this world is, I'm the center of the universe, secular humanism, right? I'm, I'm the center of the universe. Everybody else is here to help make my life better. And I use people and I use systems and it's all about me. Think about marriage in our culture. What do we expect our spouses to do? Make me happy, to fulfill me. All the things that we should be putting on God, God fulfills us, not other people. We put that on our marriage because in a culture that's secular humanism, it's all about me. My marriage is all about me. And Jesus says, before you can ever grow up in your faith, you have to reject that thinking. It is not all about you because you're a what? Living sacrifice. You're dying to yourself. It is no longer about you. You're a sacrifice. You've laid yourself on the altar. You've crucified yourself with Christ. Not physically, but spiritually, every other way, you have sacrificed yourself for Christ. And so he says, what you've got to do to grow up in Christ is you've got to die to the pattern of this world. You've just got to put it off. That's hard to do because in our flesh, in our nature, we are very selfish people. All sin boils back down to selfishness. And so if we're going to grow up in Christ, we have to address the selfishness in our lives and we have to die to that. And then we have to put on the presence of Christ and be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So what's the first thing we're going to do? We're going to destroy the pattern of this world. We're no longer going to live for self. We're going to die to self. And then what are we going to do? We're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Transformation is change. Everybody, we're, we're looking to change for the better. Even secular people are looking to change for the better. But what they don't understand is the change for the better is not getting more and doing more for me. It's actually dying to me and sacrificing everything for God. That's what is the changes that makes us better. So we're transformed, we're changed by what? The renewing of our minds. This is such an important concept. And, and, and I, I want you to get this. You really need to get this in order to be able to spiritually mature. We have a tendency to look at the external actions of people. Okay? The Bible calls that fruit. Okay? And we look at fruit. We look at someone and they tell a lie. We look at someone uh, and, and they're, they're involved in some sort of illegal operation. We look at someone and they're angry. We look at someone and they're spouting terrible words. And we make assumptions about them because we're always looking at the fruit. But the fruit is only a manifestation of what's really going on in our hearts. And if we can change what goes on in our hearts, the fruit will automatically change. But if we sit and focus on the fruit 
And we just keep saying, you need to change your fruit, you need to change your fruit, you need to change your fruit, but we never change the heart, then the fruit will never change. And we'll be very frustrated with people who just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. So let's say you have somebody that may claim they have a bad temper and you just see them and just over and over again, they just snap at people and they're ugly to people and they're mean to people and they have a short fuse. And we say, you need to stop that. You need to go to anger management class. You need to learn to count to five before you spout off. And so what they do is they go to anger management class and then they count to five and then they're still mean and ugly and rude to people. Because the problem isn't counting to five or anger management class. The problem is they have some anger and hatred and unforgiveness in their heart that's causing them to, on the fruit level, to be mean to people, and to be ugly to people, to say things that are very, very hurtful to other people. If we could change their heart, if we could go in there and look at the unforgiveness issue or the bitterness issue or the resentment or the anger that's going on, on the inside and address that and change it, then what would happen? The fruit would change. So this whole series is about learning how to grow up in Christ. When I'm dealing with a new Christian, and, and many new Christians that come in, they're pretty fleshy, right? They've still got pretty filthy mouth, and they've still got a lot of illegal or, or illicit, sorry, sexual activities, and they, they, they're just kind of a mess, right? They, they're still pretty whirly. They still look a whole lot like the pattern of this world. I don't look at the fruit that much. Now, we're going to have to address some fruit issues along the way, but I don't want to address the fruit. I want to address the heart. I want to address the heart. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. The mind is where the thoughts dwell. The heart is where the beliefs dwell. The proverb writer says, as a man thinks in his heart, talking about beliefs, so he becomes. That's the same word that's used here in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. So it has a lot to do with thought patterns but it has even more to do with the beliefs in our heart that are causing those thought patterns. So what happens is, is we have beliefs, and those beliefs kind of control what we think, and then our thinking controls how we act. Well, if as, as Christian people we're just focused on how people act, we're never going to change. They're never going to grow up in Christ. They're never going to mature. Because until their hearts change, their thoughts won't change. And until their thoughts change, their actions aren't going to change. So we can sit out here all day long and say, well, you need to curse less. And, and you need to be nicer to people. And you need to not gossip. And you need to not and not and not and not. You can do it all day long. But if I haven't changed the heart, if I haven't got in there and found those core beliefs that people are believing about themselves that's dictating their thoughts that is then out there in their actions, they're never going to change. So what I like to do in spiritual maturity is I kind of let the fruit go and I want to go to the heart issue. Let's talk about unforgiveness. Let's talk about bitterness. Let's talk about insecurity. Let's talk about fear. Let's talk about those heart things in you, the worry in you that you have that's causing you to act out. Because if I can look at the core of your heart and help you change those beliefs from what Satan is telling you about yourself to what God is telling you about yourself, and we can change those, those heart beliefs, they will begin to change the way you think. And then as we change the way you think, and we're replacing once again what Satan's lies with God's truth, that's what spiritual warfare is, Satan's lies with God's truth, 
then it's going to change the way you act. Then you can be transformed. You're not transformed by changing your actions. You're transformed by renewing your mind. By renewing your mind. And so what Paul is saying here, this is the key to spiritual maturity. Quit fighting all your bad habits and start addressing the heart issues that are causing the bad habits. And as you address those, that changes the mind, that changes the actions, that leads to spiritual maturity. Paul says that's the key to spiritual maturity. You give up thinking like the world. You give up living like the world. You throw away the patterns of this world of selfishness. You die on the altar of self and you give your life to Christ and then let Him begin to inform your beliefs, your mindset, and that will change your actions. And that leads to spiritual maturity, which is what? How are we defining it? Developing the character of Christ. I need to look more like Christ than I did last year and the year before and the year before. And then he finishes this by saying, then you will be able to know what God's will is. I have people ask me all the time, what's God's will for my life? Well, I'm not sure I can answer that question for you, but I can tell you this. I can tell you how to find God's will. You no longer conform to the pattern of this world and you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will have everything you need to figure out God's will for your life. And so this is the first of three pieces of this puzzle I want to put together for you in the next three videos out of chapter 2 about how to grow up and develop uh, the character of Christ, grow up into spiritual maturity. Hope this helped. I hope this is just laying the foundation for the next video and we're going to get into the specifics of how to put off the pattern of this world and how to put on the transformation of the mind. So this, this video is the concept. The next two videos are, are the, uh, the uh, practical steps and application of how to do that. So next week we'll put up the next video. Make sure you watch it and I'll give you the practical application on how to do this in your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you um, for this incredible verse of Scripture. And Lord, I just, I just pray that everyone watching this video right now, it begins to sink into their heart that, that the transformation is going to come through their heart and their mind, not through their actions. Lord, that our actions just follow our hearts. So change our heart, Lord. Transform our hearts, Lord, so that we can then uh, change our actions. Um, Lord, thank you for that. I know you want to do that. All we have to do is ask, and you will do that for us. So, Lord, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hope you have a great week.